This week on The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, we continue in the prophet Micah with prophets denounced, the mountain of the Lord's house, the Lord of the whole earth, O little town of Bethlehem, and a remnant delivered. Join me, Pastor Will Whedon, for The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, your daily 15-minute verse-by-verse Bible study on demand. Listen at thewordendures.org or your favorite podcast provider. in my lips and I
A reading from 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. We give thanks to God always for all of you, constantly mentioning you in our prayers, remembering before our God and Father your work of faith and labor of love and steadfastness of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. For we know, brothers, loved by God, that he has chosen you, because our gospel came to you not only in word, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and with full conviction. You know what kind of men we prove to be among you for your sake. And you became imitators of us and of the Lord, for you received the word in much affliction with the joy of the Holy Spirit so that you became an example to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. For not only has the word of the Lord sounded forth from you in Macedonia and Achaia, but your faith in God has gone forth everywhere, so that we need not say anything, for they themselves report concerning us the kind of reception we had among you, and how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God, and to wait for his Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead. Jesus delivers us from the wrath to come. O Lord, have mercy on us. In many and various ways, God spoke to us by his prophets. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. A wonderful verse from that hymn today. Come then, O Lord Jesus, from our sins release us. Keep our hearts believing. Wonderful way as we gather here to this First time we've had chapels since Advent. Also with the promise and the thoughts of those who are being installed this day. And so it is fitting that we have a reading from a faithful church. A reading about faithful men. It is clear from the introduction to this epistle that the church of Thessalonica was a faithful church. Paul is clear, it stood out amongst all of the other churches. The church was steadfast in its confession and its actions. In fact, the church became an example to other churches in the region and their faithfulness was known throughout all of Christianity. However, this was not always the case. Previously, many of them had been idol worshipers. They not only worshipped worthless figures crafted by the hands of men, but also the demons that stood behind those idols as they led people into lives of fear and lies. Therefore, we are told to this day, 
and you became imitators of us and the Lord. For you received the word in much affliction with the joy of the Holy Spirit. Yes, this was a faithful church in many ways, but they stood out. They stood out amongst the churches because of one of the reasons of how they faced that persecution of the world and the devil that afflicts us all. Therefore, the epistle to the Thessalonians has always been held very dear by the church, especially in times of persecution. It was a persecuted church. And persecution many times comes with faithfulness. It's too bad that most of American Christianity no longer understands this. Persecuted churches understand this, but when persecutions are reduced upon Christianity, they begin to fall back into sin, and their faithfulness wanes. Too often God's word, God's sacraments, worship in general becomes commonplace, not too special anymore. And soon it's even difficult to tell who the Christians are. Very few people speak about their faith, while even fewer speak about their church. Do people begin to hide these things because they are afraid of persecution? Yes, some do, but most of the time it's not the case. People are silent about these things, I'm afraid to say, because they're just not that important to them anymore. Think about the world in which we live. Who needs God with a world full of technology? Who needs a savior when you're consistently told that there is no sin? Who searches for God in a world of relatively few hardships? This is the world in which we live today. Notice though I said it's the world in which we live. Here, us. However, this is not true for many other Christians. In country after country, people are still persecuted for their faith. A recent class that I taught, one of the students told me about a young woman who had attended his church. The woman would come week after week, and each time she came, her Muslim husband would come looking for her, and he would pull her out of church, and he'd beat her in the street, and many times very badly. However, this woman refused to stay home and continued to come to church, and the only way that she could escape the abuse of her husband would have been to leave the church, to just avoid it, maybe find a more subtle way to worship. After some time, that pastor was called to a different church, but a few years later, he returned for a visit. 
He was preaching and he looked out into the congregation and he was surprised about what he saw. As previously that same woman sat in the pew as she had before, but this time sat next to her, her husband. He had left Islam and now become a Christian. There are still people who would do anything, experience any hardship, give anything to worship as we worship. Free from affliction, not worried about reprisal. Indeed, becoming a Christian for such people means hardship and pain. Referring to the Thessalonians, Paul says they received the word in much affliction. However, these words, they're foreign to our American years. What affliction, what affliction has God's word ever really brought to us? The answer is very little, if at all. The worst that probably happened to any of us was that someone disliked us because of our confession, or a family member got mad at us for preaching to them. This is hardly the type of persecution, affliction, that Paul mentions here today. Jesus has called us to be a light to the world. Yet we hide our light all of the time. And by doing so, many are missing its life-giving rays, the life-giving rays of the gospel. Jesus Christ, who entered into this world, became one of us, carried our sin, died, rose again, and promises to return, as we are so reminded today. Indeed, St. Paul calls us to be imitators of him as he imitates Jesus. Jesus tells us to take up our crosses and follow him. Instead, the church too often diverts its attention away from the catechisms and liturgies and doctrine. To focus on marketing tactics, emotional responses, and even loses the gospel itself. As a result, church attendance continues to wane. People begin to shop for churches as if they were shopping for clothing, electronics, or, or maybe even a health club. People look for everything but the right preaching of God's word and the correct administration of his sacraments. This is not the case for the Thessalonians, nor is it the case for us. We who study here, we who teach here. For we do preach Christ crucified. We do use the historic liturgy, the historic lectionary. We practice closed communion because we truly believe that Jesus is there in his body and his blood. 
shed for us, given for us, for the forgiveness of sins. Why? Because we are imitators of Paul as he imitates Jesus. Real growth only ever comes from faithful proclamation of the gospel. Real growth comes from the right exposition of scripture that is clearly defining, dividing law and gospel. Real growth comes from the correct administration of the sacraments, and so we are called to be faithful. The scripture is clear. When Jesus returns, most churches upon the earth will be found to those that imitate sinful man rather than God. Indeed, if you are not imitating God, then you are imitating the devil. So let us stand with the true church this day and every day and hold on to Jesus' word and his sacraments with every ounce of power that we possess. We are the baptized. We are set apart. We carry the name of our Lord upon our foreheads and upon our hearts. The name of Jesus who has died for us. The name of Jesus who has delivered us from the hands of sin, death, and the devil. The name of Jesus that promises that even if we face the most horrific death, we will be taken to be by his side, awaiting that glorious resurrection and his return. However, Jesus has also made it very clear, if we are faithful, we too will be persecuted. Not because we desire to be persecuted, not because we want hardship, but because this is what the preaching of the pure gospel will bring from an unbelieving world. Just think of the millions of Christians that are praying for us. Just think of the various Lutheran church bodies around the world that pray for us here in this institution. Those congregations that are praying for you, their future pastors, the professors, the staff, and all who strive to be faithful. And today, we pray for these men who are being installed. They will be instruments of the Lord to ensure that we can continue to produce faithful pastors and missionaries for the church. Let us not be afraid of anything in this world. Yet at the same time, we must also watch that we do not become prideful, thinking more of ourselves than we should. Remember, this is the sin of the devil. Nevertheless, being faithful in our teaching and our practice is still not enough. We must love and care for those which God places in our charge. Indeed, Paul began with these words. We give thanks to God always for you, constantly mentioning you in our prayers, remembering before our God and Father your work 
of faith and labor of love and steadfastness of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. Christians are children of God. It's God's triune name that was placed upon us in holy baptism. It is Jesus who speaks the words of absolution into our ears. It is Jesus who feeds us with his body and blood, and he does all of this through his faithful pastors. So let us simply be faithful. Everything necessary has been provided for us in Jesus. The fear and the lies of the devil and the world they really hold no power over us. Indeed, death itself has been conquered in Jesus. We have been gifted the freedom to be imitators of Paul and the Lord with the joy, the joy of the Holy Spirit. Let that joy be upon you as you remember that service in which he has called you and that service that he calls you this day. In Jesus' name, amen. May the peace of God that passes all understanding keep your hearts and your minds with Christ Jesus our Lord. Yes, I believe in 
true exposition of Holy Scripture and a correct exhibition of the doctrine of the Evangelical Lutheran Church? Do you confess that the apology of the Augsburg Confession, the small and large catechisms of Martin Luther, the small called articles, the treatise on the power and primacy of the Pope, and the formula of Concord, as these are contained in the book of Concord, are also in agreement with this one scriptural faith. Yes, I make these confessions my own, because they are in accord with the word of God. Do you solemnly promise faithfully to serve God's people in your office in accordance with Holy Scripture and with these confessions? Yes, I promise with the help of God. The Concordia Theological Seminary has been established to prepare men for the office of the Holy Ministry and to instruct both men and women for vocations of Christian service in the Church. Do each of you willingly and freely assume the responsibilities entrusted to you, do you promise to do your utmost to carry out in a God-pleasing manner the work assigned to you according to the mission and purpose of this seminary? So then answer, yes, I do. Yes, I do. You promise to set a Christian example for the students in speech, life, faith, and purity. So then answer, yes, I do. Yes, I do. Brothers and sisters in Christ, you have heard the solemn promise of Daniel Murphy and Matthew Montgomery. Will you receive them, show them fitting respect and honor, and pledge to cooperate with and support their work? If so, then answer, we will with the help of God. We will with the help of God. Daniel Murphy, I install you as Advancement Officer for Concordia Theological Seminary in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Matthew Montgomery, I install you as Advancement Officer for Concordia Theological Seminary in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us pray. God, source of all abiding knowledge, the word and spirit you both enlighten the minds and sanctify the lives of those whom you draw to your service. Therefore, look with favor on the seminaries and institutions of higher learning of the church, blessing those who teach and those who learn, that they may apply themselves with ready diligence to your will and faithfully fulfill their service according to your good purpose. Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Lord God Almighty, even as you bless your servants with various and unique gifts of the Holy Spirit, continue to grant us the grace to use them always to your honor and glory. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Go in peace and joy, the Almighty and most merciful God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, be with you, bless and strengthen you for faithful service in His name.
In our prayers, we remember those afflicted by the recent tornadoes in Tennessee. Stir up our hearts, O Lord, to make ready the way of your only begotten Son, that by his coming we may be enabled to serve you with pure minds. Through the same Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Almighty God, merciful Father, your thoughts are not our thoughts, your ways are not our ways. In your wisdom you have permitted this disastrous tornado to befall the people of Tennessee. We implore you, let not the hearts of your people despair, nor our faith fail us, but sustain us and comfort us. Direct all our efforts to attend the injured, console the bereaved, and protect the helpless. Bring hope and healing that we may find relief and restoration. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, Almighty and everlasting God, you have safely brought us to the beginning of this day. Defend us in the same with your mighty power, and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings, being ordered by your governance, may be righteous in your sight. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Taught by our Lord and trusting his promises, we are bold to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Lord, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, bless 